little comedy thing. It's about 31 minutes. Check it out. 36 minutes.
Uh, my teeth. You got no teeth. All right. She, yeah, for real. Come on down and see. I stepped forward to grab the baby. She handed to me. Little as hell, I take her and look down. She, hey, daddy. <laughs> Newborn baby, real life dialogue. She, I was just born or whatever, but you already knew that. Period. I'm fake blue. I got your choppers for real, but it's cool. OG nipples definitely finna be under attack, but that's your fault. Anyways, can I play Roblox on your phone until you get my IP? And I'm gonna need like $500 for Roblox. I'm gonna build me a house and give me a couple cars. I'm gonna go crazy. Thank you so much, D. I'm just glad to finally be up out of there. I should do me a first day out freestyle. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. But nah, daddy, can you take this hot ass blanket up off of me? OMG, I'm burning up. Appreciate you. Ooh, watch out. Heat <laughs> in my face. Bro, is you retired? Heat. Well, wake your ass up. It's all the time. People clock back in. Wiping the water off my face. Side. Motherfuckers tired as hell. I was having a crazy dream too. Heat, what? You had to drain your teeth this morning? I told you you got to embrace them up. Ah, right, yo, dumb ass. Old time I had a dream. I got sure y'all talking to pregnant. Wild as hell. He, ah, right, you better slow down. Don't want to get that late text. Talking about I think I'm late text. Ah, right. you ain't never lied, bro, but I cannot get enough of that one. I ain't going to lie to you. He, well, you got to do better. You got to do better. At the next table over was my coworker, Jeffrey, enjoying a serving of cheese balls. He was different. Stayed to himself for real, for real. He spent all his breaks watching videos on his phone. And today was no different. Big Twan, you over there watching Jeff? Looking up, he, I'm watching a clip from a segment off the History Channel regarding the Anglo-Saxon era. Right before he took another nibble off one of his cheese balls. Big Twan, Anglo-Saxon. The saxophone era? Yeah, it's with Dizzy Gillespie. You all see it. Uh, Anglo-Saxon is dealing with a time period in ancient history, you idiot. Big Twan, you don't even know. You probably wrong anyway. Looking up, Jeffrey, actually, he's accurate. Before proceeding to another cheese ball nibble. I go with Twan, what up with your own gang? Twan, man, cool. I'm finna get off break. Ontario, oh, yeah. Yo, little bitch, you ass, boy. I see you with the wood grain steppers on, boy. Them bitches look like kitchen cabinets, boy. Yo, ass, bogus as hell. Big Twan, man, chill on me, bro. Ontario, what's good about that one with your own? Ah, Shit, tired as hell, bro. He, oh, yeah, that's what's up, boy. Your unpaid kind of center looking ass, boy. And your knees busting out them jeans, boy. Your ass freaky as hell. Your ass manage as hell. Oh, baby, boy. Every day with that, man. Not your ass, boy. Now, Jeffrey over there, man, in his own business, enjoying his cheese spheres. Dontario come up, smash him down with his hand. Jeffrey look up, Dontario. Damn, that was yours, boy. Oh, you know, boy, your barbecue boy, conspicuous bed boy, looking at that little head ass boy. Your head look like one of them cheese balls, boy. Your little ugly ass boy. Oh, my baby, your ass look like an old ass retired John Wall. Your little ugly ass boy. Musty homeless man at the train looking at you. Stank boy. Your ass on there smelling like a, a cup of boogie juice and British push up sweat, boy. Oh, baby. Big Twine, come on, Debo, stall him out. Ontario, ma'am, dude. 
that next moment, my coworker Tammy walked into the break room, black and Asian, beefy and brilliant. Ontario, hey Tammy, when you gonna let me take you out? Go find that. Tammy turned around. She, you say what? Ontario, when you gonna pop out with me? I'm trying to see what it took you on, baby. She, let's do February 30th. You available? He, oh, baby. Wait, February, we got 29 days. That's what you want? She, I'm surprised you even knew that in about face. He, damn, what you acting like that for? What you mad, Jeezy? The worst show ass, your unpaid Jeannie Mott looking at. She just looked down and went back to her computer. Big tournament, I'm finna clock back in to work. Y'all tweet and got up to go back to his computer. Jeffrey just quietly rolled up the napkin and held the remnants of his crushed cheese balls. I know he was blue, but he just kept his cool. Now, on my way back to my desk, I peeked my work wife arguing on the phone with somebody in one of the side offices. I had to check on base, so I stepped in. I was gonna be late clocking back in, but I ain't care. I had to make sure she was good. She is the same situation with the same girl every time. And you swear it's nothing going on. Whole time, I already knew who she was on the phone with, for real. She, let me guess, you gotta work late again. All right, I guess I'll just see you whenever you get home. Bye, and then hung up, I, Stacy again. She, I don't know what it is. He just can't leave that woman alone. It's always something with the same chick. I, don't tell me he sent you another message on IG. She, nah, this time it was Facebook. I don't even know what to do. As some agent is stepping towards her, I, he just don't know what he got. I heard he said he was working late again tonight, taking a deep breath and smiling. She, he did say that. I, you trying to play crazy again tonight? Chuckling, she, boy, you're going to be the death of me. And then walk past me to leave the office. Hated to see her go, but I loved it to see her walk away. Had me in a chokehold. I worked at a customer service center. Decent little desk job. Easy money for real, for real. I got back to my desk to clock back in so I can get back to it. This coworker named Sandy come walking down the middle of the aisle. My other coworker, Reese, cool ass thug. Peep up, pimp and pass. She, yo, Sandy, let me be your SpongeBob. Sandy, turn around. She, Reese, ain't nobody about to play with you. Reese, and who said I was playing? Dead seeds. Big Twan, man, tell her that's my lush. Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. <laughs> Reese, they saying that boy Twan can only give you about eight minutes. This drive ain't never going left yet. Sandy, I came with y'all. I thought Mumps on her ass, literally. My other coworker, Amari, gets sniffing around. She, gang, what the f is that smell? Like, for real. After smelling under my arm, I. It's not me today. My coworker Dory, yeah, Omari, you focus as hell. Omari, nah, I'm up because focus as hell, but not keeping up with their hygiene. And we grown as hell. The fuck? Jeffrey was just sitting there quiet. My team lead, Sean, nah, I need y'all to be focused on keeping up with these deadlines. Let's get to it. Omari, man, I can't work under these conditions, boss, man. I got a fucking headache. Sean, would you want a headache at work or at the unemployment office? Amari, <laughs> you really be pushed into the spectrum, boss, man. Let me get back to work. Ontario, hey, woman is on after work or something. Y'all trying to get outside somewhere? Tammy, where y'all trying to go? My coworker, Naeem, let's do Taco Tuesday somewhere. She, Big Twan, hey, Taco Tuesday sound decent. Hey, Bartho, you popping out? Ah, she, only if my boo popping out. You popping out, boo? 
Yeah. Only if my boo want me to pop out. I, I do, I do, I do. Ooh. Big twine, boy. We outside then. Now the office manager pimp up sheet. Now you know we all today who close this office every week. Whose turn is it this time? Now closing the office was something that nobody wanna do. Especially coming off of a three-day weekend. A tedious task. If we got off at five, you weren't finna get up out of that till seven. So of course everybody went mute and or messy. Somebody had to take the bullet. One finna be me. Stop. Okay, so everybody just wanna be quiet? All right, then I'll pick somebody. Naeem, you're closing the office tonight. Naeem, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the only how I'm closing the office is if you be in a footworking contest right now. Stop. You know who you talking to, young man? Naeem, yeah. Y'all make that circle and headed towards the middle of the floor. Now we all surround Naeem. My boy kicked off his shoes. No shucking and jive, you hear me? He instantly. Hell for his ass play. Now Spy step up and struck that man to pick his sneakers up. I'm thinking she finna kick her heels off, but she kept them on. Right after that, she Definitely just smoked you, bro. Stop. Looks like you're closing tonight. Pimped off. Yes. That man had to concede to defeat. Everybody else headed to the team meeting while he was just in the middle of the flow. Hurt. Salty. Eventually, the work day came to an end. Me and Victoria walking down the street. He, you open me up to the crib, I don't know for sure. I got you. We just need to stop at Jerk 48 first. I'm hungry as hell. You know, motherfuckers slept through their lunch break. He say less, I'm just a passenger. I get home when I get home. Right after that, some little dude pimp up to us. He y'all out here seven squares? Ah, hell no. Now he hopped in front us. He somebody told me y'all out here seven squares. Big twine. Bro, ain't nobody out here seven squares. What's to me? He only gonna tell y'all once. If I catch y'all last seven squares, it's gonna be a misunderstanding. Confused. I, bro, you talking like you got pipe on you or something. He don't worry about what I got on me. I said what I said. Had to be a prank, but cameras weren't popping out. I you know what? You got it, bro. Mom's with death. He, I know y'all won't. Now carry on like a carry on. And then proceeded to walk right between us, looking back like he was from the Wishing Nigga Woods. Only in Chicago. We eventually pull up to the Jerk 48 right off the 87 in Stone. We pop in. Some dude look over. He, hey, how's it going, guys? Look, I, Mom's cool. He, oh, that's great to hear. Um, this is kind of random, but, um, I'm trying to get something to eat and I'm a little low on funds. So I was wondering if you could be so kind of maybe spot me a meal. I t- what boy, get your dumb ass out of here. Yo ass tweaking. Eat. All right. I can understand that. How about this? If I can successfully blow your mind, I what? Hey, stop playing on me, bro. Is you cool? He, no, 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 no. 
with the magic trick. If I can blow your mind with the magic trick, suffer on you. Big Swan Boy, you getting something to eat. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Uh, what you some type of magic in or something? He, um, I'm sure you meant magician, but yes, I am. I, I, back, what's up? Now he stand up and take a box of cards out of his chest pocket. He take the cards out the box. Let me just start off by saying, though, on my dead grandfather on Brazil Marie, this magic trick was not staged, rehearsed, or set up ahead of time. This man really just pulled out a deck of cards and got to it. I'm trying to tell you, I am not about the merch on my loved ones to falsely prove nothing to no thunk. This is a real live magic trick that this man is about to perform. He, so look, make sure you can see that these are all different cards. I, I see. He, they're not all the same card or anything like that, correct? I nod my head. He, so we'll try this. Can you think of any card? Just think of one. After ponder or not, okay, he, do you have one in mind? Ah, sure. He, you agree? No one can tell you what card you think. I shake my head. No, he, so here's what I'll do. I'll place one card in a specific location. So one card goes in a specific location. These go back inside the box. Now I'm committed to this card. For the first time, can you say the card you're thinking of out loud? Ah. Say it out right now. He not I, the king of popcorn. He okay. So king of clubs is what you want. If you're not sure, you can change. I take a few seconds to think about it. Then I six of diamonds. He if you're not sure, you can change again. It's up to you. I nah, I'm good. Jack of popcorn. He jack of popcorn. I jack of popcorn. He, if you're not sure, you can change again. I, I'm good. He, is there any way I could have known you would go for the Jack of Clubs? I ain't no way. He, can you also name a number? We'll say up to 40, up to 40. After thinking about it, I, 22. He, okay. If you're not sure, you can change, but it's up to you. I, I'll go six. He, if you're not sure, you can change again, but it's up to you. I, I'm with that. 15. 15. E, are you sure? I positive. E, you positive. E, you don't want to change. I shake my head. He, yeah. E, the next been here, yeah? I, nah, he, do me a favor. You think you could maybe hold your hands up together? Bring both of them? Good. And you're going to take all of these out. Is the box empty? I, it is. E, you thought of a card. You changed multiple times, but your final decision was the jack of popcorn. I nah, he out of all the numbers you could have named, you said 15 was your final decision. I agree. He, can you get rid of 15 cards face down in my hand? I start counting them out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Which leaves us here. I told you I put one card in a specific location, yes? You said what card? Ah, the jack of popcorn. E, can you see where that leaves us? Turn over the next one. I ain't know what to expect. I turn it over, lo and behold. Damn. The jack of popcorn. Now, left me standing there looking stupefied. Man blown. I couldn't believe it. I, bro, how did you do that? 
So yeah, I'll take the surf and turf, salmon, three lamb, three shrimp. Thank you, King. Shake my hand, take the cards. And went to go regain his seat with none more to say. Leather belt, big twine. Come on, man. We walked to the counter. The lady, welcome to Church 48. How may I help you guys? I bless him. Can I get a um jerk chicken and shrimp alfredo? She sure. Would that be a full or a half? I um shit, I take the lies. I'm hungry as hell. She anything else? Ah, yeah. A serpent turf. What is it? A salmon, two lambs, and three shrimp. She that'll be forty-four twenty-nine. Damn it, definitely got me. Ah, I and that serpent turf. That's my buddy over there. He was lucky. I'm a real. After ringing me up, she here's your receipt. That'll be about twenty minutes. Ah. Blessings and step to the side. Big Twan, you still popping out tonight? Ah, hell yeah. My boo gonna be there. Eat. True. True. Ah, you need me to pick you up? Big Twan, hell no. I'm gonna have my baby mama cut. Ah, I bet you. I'm gonna do this motherfucker. Jerk chicken and shrimp Alfredo dirt. And see you tonight, she. Eat. I say less, she. Later that night, I pull up the game time. That's a little spot in Lovewood. I pop in, security instantly, pat me down, safety first, I respect it, after they pat me down, buddy pat me up, I actually went to school with him, I look, all my coworkers is at the bar, motioning me to come over, spot him, got him, I pimp over, I take a seat in between Big Twine and Kathy, it was Ontario, I did a pop out, he didn't even show up. Big Twan, boy, you late as hell, huh? Is there order food and everything? Ah, whole time, I'm still good from Jerk 48 anyway. Gabby, hey, boo, smiling hot as hell. Ah, hey, baby, a pleasure to see you or whatever. She, the pleasure's all mine, baby. You hungry? Ah, I'm good whole time, but thank you. Reese, hey, what you drinking, Bart? Hey, shots on me. Ah, I'm good. I don't even drink whole time. Tammy, why don't you drink something? Uh, I'm good. Yo, Boot Ontario here? She just looked like, boy, stop playing with me. Uh, hey, Jeff, are you good? After taking one of his normal nibbles off the taco, he, yeah, I'm okay. Sean, we was talking about this before you came. So, if you got a kid by a woman, and she got kids by another, when you bring your kid food, you gonna get them food too? Ah. Uh, I don't know, it's a place I will probably bless the other kids too. Sandy, that's right. That's what real niggas do. No. Reese, I'm definitely looking out for all the kids. Folks, no, no. Big Twan, I work hard for my ass. Why would I bust my ass for somebody else's kid? I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Ah, you cold-blooded. <laughs> Boy, yeah, quite frankly, I don't need another to make sure my other kids are straight. I got it. Ah, I, I feel you. What about you, Jeffrey? What you think? After nibbling on the taco, he, I don't want kids, LOL. Y'all drop it in the comments and let me know what y'all think. Would you keep it playing and get food for all the kids or only take care of what's yours? After that, the DJ started taking it back to the 2000s. Reese hop up out her seat, she get turned. Snap your fingers. Do you still? Or you can do it all by yourself. Let me see you do it. Hey, let me see you do it. Hey, hey, look, teach me how to duck and come on. Jeffrey got active. You hear me? They be like, smooth. Can you teach me how to duck? You know why? 
Cause all the bitches love me. Hey, look, the DJ wanna play and you hear me? He throw that chalk on me. Meet me in the trap. It's going down. Meet me in the mall. It's going down. Meet me in the club. Well, we was in the turf playing too much. Pound good times. After sitting down, I, I about got musty bag. Gabby, I still love you even if you a little tangy. Hey, check him as usual. You be. Now, Reese vibing before some end up catching her eye and her attention. A little compact and calipedian situation. Wasting no time. She instantly grabbed Chuck and placed it right behind Shorty to take a seat and establish eye contact. Shorty turned around like, Hey, Reese, I ain't expect to find my love of my life on such a short note. Shorty, ooh wee, you better talk that shit to me. Reese, oh, I'm a talking, all right? It's too loud in here. Let's go outside. And cuff Shorty right up and direct her towards the exit. Reese ain't played no games. I already knew that she was gone for the night. It was over with. Chuckling to Gabby, I looked like Reese found her love. Action. Boom, boom, boom. Ding. Gabby, you so stupid. LMA on. Ah, it's our turn. So we gone. She, yes, yes. And got up so we could get gone. Big Twine dabbed me up. He already knew what I was on. Wish me the best of luck. And I bopped out. Now we pull up to a Walmart parking lot. She pop her car and hop in with me. Ah, this ain't the night to play crazy at your crib, huh? She, he said he working late, but I don't really trust it. Yeah. Better say for sorry. I want you so bad, though. Smile and she, I want you too, baby. Ah, have bad. Laugh and she, why are you so stupid? If only I could find the words to express. Ah, you can't find the words, huh? Well, let me pull out my dictionary (laughs) well is it a paperback or a hard copy ah oh backseat she say less we instantly hop out the car so fast push them seats up you hear me need a leg bone we hop in the back i get the kissing on her neck now right after she started tapping me like something wrong she looking through the front of the car. I look. A walk and talk and suburban is pimping up to her car. He look inside, look under, around. He confused and upset. Right after that, he take a shopping cart and throw it like a piece of tissue. Then it hit me. Ah, that's your gargantuan significant other? With a deep sized sheet, he must have put an air tag on my car again. Ah, again? Okay. Uh, after thinking, Gabby, all I got to do is sneak out of here, come around, and walk up to him like I just left out of the store. Nod and I. Okay. That's not too bad of an idea. Um, well, I'm going to stay right here, and uh, I'm sure you'll be successful. She at least trailed me to make sure I'm okay. You don't have to walk up to him with me, of course. I trail you. Okay, no, of course, honey. Alright, um this 007 mission is about to start right now. Now he was sitting on her trunk with his back to it, so 
I cut the car off and we slid out the back door. We snuck to the opposite side of where I was parked. Gabby, I think I could walk up to him from over here with a deep side eye. Okay, babe, well, I hate that I rendezvous had to end this way. She, I know. He be doing too much, yeah, but I'll see you at work tomorrow. Nod and I. Yes, ma'am. She just smiled and then stood up to walk up to the dinosaur. Shortly after he walked up, he, hey, what are you doing here? She, well, I was coming to buy a dictionary. L O L. the dictionary. She, they were out of stock. Out of stock. I don't know what you needed a dictionary for anyway. Come on, man, we're going home. And picked up and tossed over his shoulder. She waved by to me. I just waved back and pimped off into the night. The next day, I'm at work. Big Twan come in and sit at his desk. He, I turned to him. He, so what happened last night? I silently let him know it was a failed mission. Stop. Has anybody seen Jeffrey this morning? He hasn't clocked in. And that's not like him. Amari. Well, I ain't smelt him this morning, so I don't know. Tammy, Amari. Amari. I'm just saying, shit, it smells nice in here today. The Ontario on baby sheen line, his little ass stank. Stop. He ain't never been late or absent. And walked back to her office confused. Gabby. Ah. Yes, ma'am. Gabby. I'm so sorry. Ah. It's okay, babe. I still love you. She. I love you too. Naeem, how it was last night. I thought I closed off tired as hell. I, when I went home, Reese, hey, whole time that you were busting. And I love some decent as hell. On oh, oh, God. Uh, I wanted them, not one of those. Ain't no sneakers on my plug, so I just Do you know how rare it is for someone who owns a highly modified car to say they feel, they feel fulfilled? Like, you are a rare person. Why does this Lexus sedan go break? You know, you know how many sensors I've replaced in that car? In the early 2000s, Lexus wanted to go after the competition from Germany when it came to sports sedans and coupes. The Japanese company had never really had a contender. The GS430 was quick, but a little bit too heavy and soft to really go after the M3. And the IS300, as much as I love them, was just too slow. It was making mid-90s horsepower in the early 2000s. It was time for a rethink. So in 2007, Lexus unveiled the ISF at the North American Auto Show. It was built on a shortened GS platform. The lead engineer liked to do rallying in his spare time, and it was going to have a V8. Sounds amazing. A company known for reliability is going to enter the sports sedan market and go after the companies that were known for 
other things. But when the car debuted, Lexus had problems. The steering was numb, but worse than that was the ride. Lexus set the car up really low, which looked really good, but it meant the suspension didn't have a lot of travel. So they had to make it really stiff so that the car didn't hit the bump stops. As a result, the ride around town was very unrefined. However, in 2011, Lexus revised it, and they changed basically every suspension component this thing had. Springs, shocks, sway bars, lower control arms. They revised the steering. They revised the shock tuning, all to try to get away from that too stiff ride that the first gen was known for. And yet, it still wasn't great. It was still too stiff. It still had issues. But what if you put custom Olins on it? What if you got springs paired with those Olins perfectly? And then what if you also upgraded the brakes and bolted a supercharger to it, adding 150 to 200 horsepower? Maybe that would turn it into the M3 and C63 fighter we all wish the car had been. Folks, today's video is sponsored by BetterHelp. I am a big proponent of... point was basically NWA was used for, for, the, for, the, for the era that we're in now, within the era of destruction, we destroyed ourselves as a hip-hop community, period. We got teenagers out here killing each other in every state, every urban city, over hip-hop music, over tweets, over social media. So that's my point. And none of this existed before the FBI got involved. Right. Forgotten Kings TV. That's right. Forgotten Kings TV. Good luck, son. Recently, legendary rapper Special Lab was on Drink Champs where he made some controversial comments about the rap group NWA. Special Lab believes that NWA is the rap group that introduced the age of destruction to hip-hop. All right, now, of course, a couple MCs from the West Coast had something to say. One person in particular was Crooked Eye, also known as King Crooked. He responded to Special Ed via TMZ. Another rapper by the name of Exhibit also had something to say about Special Ed's comments. So before we get into what the Dog Pound had to say to Special Ed directly, let's check out the snippet from his Drunk Champs interview so you can hear exactly what Special Ed had to say about NWA. Wu-Tang was dropping knowledge and positivity. Right. You know, N.W.A. <laughs> brought the age of destruction. Damn. Jesus. N.W.A. brought the age of destruction to our children and our culture. Wow. Period. A, I respect all of them as men, but as the art form, and you want me to speak on the art form, I'm going to tell you what it is. That's where it started. Wow. That's where the agenda started, and that's where the destruction began. Now, yesterday, both the Dog Pound and Special Ed went on IG Live to clear the air about Special Ed's comments on NWA introducing the age of destruction to hip-hop. All right, now, of course, for the past couple of weeks, a lot of MCs on the West Coast, they were very offended by what Special Ed said on Drink Champ. So, of course, 
this conversation had to happen. So y'all know how we do, man. Let's check out this clip provided by Dog Pound Records so y'all can hear exactly what was said between the Dog Pound, Special Ed, and a few other people that want to IG Live as well. All right? And I'll catch y'all afterwards with my commentary. All right? Let's get right to it. They put their own headlines. They put their own headlines. There it is. Right? Like, this, this NWA ruined hip-hop. That's not what I said. And my point was basically NWA was used for, for, the, for, the, for the era that we're in now. We're in the era of destruction. We're destroying ourselves as a hip-hop community, period. We got teenagers out here killing each other in every state, every urban city, over hip-hop music, over tweets, over social media. So that's my point. And none of this existed before the FBI got involved. Right. Right. Wait, Yeah. 
Exactly. This has brought the need for this conversation because the minute something goes wrong or somebody says something that you don't like, it's automatically our New York niggas. Yeah. Right. East Coast. Right. It's not about that. It's about what is happening to all of us in our community. I ain't even talking about just the West Side and, and nothing. I'm talking about Chicago, yeah. Detroit, yeah. Philadelphia, yeah. Baltimore, Atlanta, yeah. Florida, New York. I'm talking about everywhere we are killing each other. So, Ed, doing this thing, since you got us on here, what would you like to say to the our homies, our artists that wants to attack you and say what they're saying? What do you want to say to them, man? Uh, uh, from you know, just to put it back in context, so we can take that back. Right. 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 Got it. Right. But what we gonna do? We gonna have our own as us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's why I showed that, cuz. Right. This is what they do. That's what they do. Everything is a narrative. About. Hold on, hold on, cuz. Everything's a narrative. Right. If you twist the narrative, the narrative can work for you or go against you. But now you want to work with all of us. They took that one piece you said and changed it into an entire different narrative. Right. Because I don't want to get too out of hand. That's why we put this call in. 
to hip-hop uh, right now in this situation uh, a lot of MCs from the west coast were triggered the moment they seen some of these platforms you know running the, the headline of nwa right ruin hip-hop according to special ed right that's not what the man said he was making an observation on what he believed happened in, in the culture right seeing a shift in the culture the moment that nwa came on the scene right but of course for some of these platforms you know, they're going to frame it in a way to trigger that engagement. Yeah, right. And this is what happened, right? Now you got all these upset MCs offended, especially as comments, not just because he's a legend in the rap game, right, that a lot of people looked up to, but also understanding that, you know, it, it can be taken as disrespect or a shock to NWA and everything they contributed to the rap game, right? So to see this conversation take place on IG Live, man, listen, you got to give it up to all parties involved. Um, but one thing I will say is it reminded me of this uh, interview that Crazy Bone, right? Everyone's praying for Crazy Bone right now. For those who may not know, he's in the hospital dealing with his lungs. He's having a health issue at the moment. Everyone's praying for Crazy Bone. But it brought back this interview he did years ago where he exposed this uh, secret industry meeting that took place in the 90s that pretty much predicted everything this
Hostiles launched an SAE. Ready vehicles are in. Work. Keep the pressure on. 
read these things and these things enlightened me and it told me, Michelle, they wouldn't call me Nietzsche because you're so smart. They would call you what your mother named you. I want you to know that everybody can be racist because the definition here says so. I read it in the Stanford Journal of all bullshit. Volume 93 must be true. I'll be reading my encyclopedia a little later on if you would like to join me. Like, shut the fuck up. You can't change the definition. Why not? This country changes the definition of this shit all the time. They change definitions wherever they fit, whenever they want them to fit, everywhere. But we can't. You know, it amazes me how we crucify regular citizens, but we don't crucify the government for doing the same thing. Like, why we can't sell drugs? Like, I get it. Drugs ain't good. But why we can't sell drugs and make a couple of hundred dollars? And the reason why I ask you that is because nobody seems to be angry with the ultimate drug dealers in this country called the pharmaceutical company. Y'all mad at them? I know it's the thugs on the corner selling drugs. All of the white people that's outside fucking up kids into the ab and all the crackheads that's in our communities. Let me tell you something. You know what I'm saying? That That's where it came from, right? It came from the thugs. And they are fucking up our goddamn country and our streets. They ought to be locked away. Oh, so you mean to tell me that the pharmaceutical company don't drug people up? What? And it's funny because they make you sign a piece of paper and it tells you that if something happened to you, if you overdose, if you die, if you have a nervous reaction, if your heart explodes, if you turn another race, if you grow another head, if your penis fall off, if you get you know, autism, if you turn down syndrome, if your brain start bleeding, if your eye fall out, you can't hold us accountable for anything. But we want you to take this shot. Absolutely, we want you to take it because it's for your health. But if all these other things happen, you can't say nothing to us. But let you tell somebody some drugs and they overdose you going to jail for life. This is not fair. It's not. They can sell drugs, but we can't sell drugs. Do you know that they pump more drugs into children? While you talk about what's going on in the streets, are any of y'all offended that the pharmaceutical drug companies, they actually are drugging our children? When you look on Kensington Ave, those are adults. My daughter, when she was in school, they said because of her ADHD that she needed to take Ritalin. Do you know what Ritalin is? They might as well have been giving her some motherfucking heroin or something. My daughter used to be so high as a kid. She would say, Mom, when I first get my medicine at school, I can't focus because I'm high as hell. Not eat right. Not that autism is, I mean, ADHD and all these things are a, a, a product of the food you eat. I watch children stop eating certain foods and change their diet with sugars, dyes, all of this shit. And that so-called ADHD just kind of go away. And some of these children are not ADHD. They're just five. That's what five-year-olds do. They can't fucking sit in their seats. Like, they don't sit well. That's what five-year-olds do. My mom got nine kids. I got five Five-year-olds want to jump around. That's what the fuck they do. Why do you want to drug them up like the niggas on Kensington so they can just sit down and not have a brain and just be dead, brain dead? I want you to think about that. But they can sell these drugs, but we can't sell no drugs. You can't murder nobody. 
Let somebody kill your cousin. Why you can't ride and find these niggas and kill their ass back? Why you can't go kill their mama? They shot up your house, kill your grandma. Why you can't do that? Why? Because if you do something wrong in this country, all the police can come and kill you. You could be stealing liquor from a grocery store and they can shoot you and you're a pregnant woman. They can do whatever they want to do. They kill people and just get away with it and nobody gives a fuck. Matter of fact, if you commit a crime against this country and it's egregious enough, they'll tell you we're going to put you to death. And then they don't even let the family member have the choice to choose the button. If somebody do something to my family member and they get in the death penalty, I want to push the button. I can come in the room and watch you through the curtain. Bitch, they killed my brother. Can I push the button? It's okay for them to murder people, but we can't get vengeance and start being a vigilante. Something wrong with that? Bitch, if you did me wrong, I think it should be my right by human nature. If I choose to come get my lick back, I should be able to do that and then not me be a criminal. The government can get their lick back and you ain't even done shit to the government. You get it to somebody else. So we're not ever allowed to do anything. And people have so much, human beings have so much static for what we do as individuals. Oh my God, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. If you don't shut the fuck up and point the finger at the person that's the real problem, understand the things your government are doing to you, we're not the problem. The government is the problem. And the things that they do to every goddamn body. So, they give you this definition. They're racist as hell. This country is founded on racism. Everybody say it with me. The foundation of America is founded on racism, everybody. That's the class line for today. Racism started with the government. So we're going to look at what's being done to define the definition of racism, not what anybody wants to make it. And let's be clear. Racism, again, the definition of it stands as this. For anybody who has a fucking brain of their own and can look at what has happened in this country and look at racism and how it works around the world, yes, it is a group of people who think that their race is better than other races. But not only do they think that they're superior, this is the second part of the definition they leave out, that that group has the ability to oppress and exhort power and things over the race of the people they think that are beneath them. That is the true definition of racism. Calling somebody a name is not racism. So let's be clear about that, okay? Now let's be clear, because somebody's gonna say, well, if a white person calls you a nigga, why is that racism? But if you call them a cracker, it's not. Class is in session, pay attention, and I'm gonna explain it to you. First of all, if I call you a cracker and you white, I'll call you a white girl, right? You are a white girl. Why is that racist? If I call you a cracker, do you know what a cracker is? A cracker is actually the person on the plantation who had the whip and they would go around whooping your ass if you weren't doing your job and they would be the ones that would whip you if you were in trouble. They were responsible for the cracking of the whip. They were the crackers. Okay? So when somebody is calling a white person a cracker, they're really saying to you, you that motherfucker who think you're in charge trying to run shit, think you're going to come around here cracking your whip on people's back and telling black folks what to do like you run us. That's what a cracker is. So by definition, are we really calling you something racist? The funny thing is that even by that dumb ass definition, let's take the dumb definition, the basic one. 
It's a group of people who think they're superior than other people. So if I'm calling you a cracker and you white, am I calling you something that says you're superior than me? That I'm superior than you. Calling you a cracker says you're actually walking around acting like you're superior to me. See, we run our mouths, but motherfuckers don't understand definition. You don't know the words that you use and the shit that don't make sense. If I'm calling you a cracker, I'm actually saying you think you're superior than me. I'm not telling you I'm superior than you. Then you go with that cracker shit. That's what we're saying. Not really racist, even by their dumbass definition. Now, let's say, why is it racist? Okay, so if you call a white person a cracker, and if you call them your white girl, okay, well, you're white. Now, why is it racist, though, when somebody says, yeah, you black girl, and it's a white person or another race, or somebody from another race calls you a nigger? Let's have that conversation. Well, what does nigger mean? See, this is what people don't ever want to do is they don't want to look beyond what we're talking about and get to the root of shit. Y'all so surface, I'm going to say it again. You're so smart. You're dumb. Now, when you call a black person a nigga in this country, there's actually a history that comes along with that word just like crap. Okay? Well, the word nigga comes along with Black people who were enslaved in this country, it is a name that was given to them to degrade them and represent the fact that you were black, that you came over here, that you're a slave, that you don't have any motherfucking human thing about you. Niggas were, were it's written in medical books and documents from back then that we were not even seen as human. Dogs, and even to today, it's the same thing. They'll send a nigga to jail for killing a police dog in a minute like it's a real police officer that don't care about a wife in a minute if it's a black man. So they equated us to dogs. This is noted in, 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 in damn medical documents that are real. This is why when they did surgery or they did things to black people, they treated them with no anesthesia or anything else because they felt you could take the pain. You were supposed to endure more pain. You're nothing but a dog. There's nothing human about you. So see, the nigga aspect actually carries a long history of this country and what the fuck they will do to you if they see you as a nigga. So nigga comes with a whole history. The word nigga in itself, when a white person or somebody else says it to you, holds a whole lot more in that word than just it being a bad word for black people. See, when motherfuckers don't understand that, it's because of the history that comes with the word. I need y'all to let that sink in. There is a difference when we call somebody a name and then they call us a name. And the name is nigga. Or blacky. Or when people make fun about shit that with watermelons and chicken. You obviously don't understand the fucking history if you don't understand those are racist things that were used against black people in stereotypes back in the day. So all of those things definitely have racist connotations to them because they are the very things that actually were birthed out of fucking racism. Some of y'all need to rewind what I just fucking said. Because y'all so stupid, you act like you don't understand the difference. There is a fucking difference. When you say nigga, that represents in this country damn near 50% of the prison population. 
It represents alarming numbers of people who constantly live below the poverty level. It represents the hugest number of homeless people in this country. It represents the hugest number of uneducated children in this country. It represents the largest number of black boys and girls that are fucking missing in this country. So when you say nigga to us, motherfucker, I want you to know there's a whole lot that comes with that word that represents a group of people today that are still being subjected to to oppression, racism, and discrimination at horrible fucking levels. We think we've come so far. Motherfucker, we ain't come nowhere. So there is a fucking difference. And you black people that are so smart, you're dumb. Oh, you're, you're being racist. If you don't shut the fuck up, black people can't be racist. Because calling somebody a white name, calling somebody a cracker, calling somebody a different word, it doesn't carry a history like the word nigga does. Does anybody have any questions in the class? Because I don't want y'all to be so smart you're dumb in goddamn word. I want you to learn to have some common damn sense. And I think that it's amazing that, that we've gotten to the point. I told you this shit was going to happen. We in our trans stage. Everything is fluid and trans, right? You can be any gender is fluid. You can be any, any this, any that. Now, anybody can be racist. Now, if I was the racist, and I had created the system of racism, which white people will have created all over this world. So I need y'all to fucking understand that too for you so smart, you dumb people. Like, if you go around the world, you will see that white people really own racism as a whole, right? Not because every white person partakes in it, but if you go to every nation in this country, right? Every racist in this country that is oppressing a group of people or trying to overtake them, the white man has their hand in. These are facts. So you don't see black people all over the world. Fuck just the United States of America. You see Europeans going everywhere, putting their hand in trying to oppress people, steal things that don't belong to them when it comes to land, take folks and colonize them, take away their native tongue, take away their culture. They have been doing this throughout history for forever. So what are you so smart you're dumb people talking about? What are y'all talking about? So I think if you really look at it, right, white people actually did create racism and they use it all over the world, not just here. But don't nobody want to talk about that. Every time we want to talk, we want to talk in individualism. I'm talking about the whole, right? Just like a black person want to come and say, well, if I made it, why the rest of you motherfuckers couldn't make it? You're talking about yourself as an individual. Let's talk about the whole of black people in this country. Let's talk about the whole of white people in this country. Let's talk about the whole of the migrants. I'm sure there's some migrants that ain't bad people. They didn't come over here to commit crimes. They just trying to find a better way in life. I get it. But at the end of the day, we're going to talk about immigrants as a whole because it's a problem. You don't give a fuck about the one or the two. Because that's not how you solve problems because the government is looking at us as a whole. They're not worried about the few niggas that got away. They're looking at the whole of all of the black people that they continue to keep oppressed and keep in these certain situations. Black people can't be racist. We can't. Now, we might get upset with a person because they're white, 
You might be out somewhere and feel some type of way. If you see an interracial couple, folks might be that way. You know, maybe you beat up somebody and they say you did it because he was white. That makes you racist. No, it makes you exactly what the government in America geared us to do. They have created the monsters that they complain about, whether it be all of the people in this country that rise up against the stuff that they do, whether it be the folks that, that and this isn't all racist, have to do with violence or any fucking thing else. Like, people ask me, why do I be angry all the time? Why do I talk about violence so much and things of that nature? Like, I'm an American baby. I, I, I mean, I don't know why people don't understand it. I'm an American child. I was born in America. America is one of the most violent, cruel, inhumane countries that treat people like shit, but cover it up. Like they take shit and put like perfume on it and think that we don't see it. A lot of y'all don't see it. I see the shit, but a lot of y'all don't see it. Like if you're a black person in America, why shouldn't you be angry? All we've ever known is violence used against us and you're surprised that we are that we get violent or we feel a certain way sometimes and then they turn it back on us and tell us that we're the racist people now because we're angry. You know what this sounds like? It's that scenario where have you ever seen somebody be bullied? And they've been bullied for so long. Then there comes a time where you get tired of being bullied and then you fight back and start saying and doing the same things to the bully that was fucking with you. And now all of a sudden, now you're the bad guy. What? Black people have been dealing with being disgraced and treated crazy and racism from the moment we've been in this country up until right the fuck now. Right this moment. We are treated the way that we are treated. We are the most oppressed and fucked over group of people in this country. It's been like that from day one for us. You do not get to come along now and tell us that we're the racist people because we might call white people names or call other people names because we call them names. Now we're the racist. Fuck you. You motherfuckers pulled our teeth out our mouths. You fucking did hysterectomies on black women. The reason you have gynecology today is because they experimented on black women and tortured them. A motherfucker that called himself a doctor that's a sexual sadist that did all of this to women. You have gynecology because of black women's fucking torture. You have the White House because black people built that shit with their hands. You got the railroad because we built that shit with our motherfucking hands. Our blood sweat and tears built this country. Black people used to get their heads shaved and have their hair stuffed furniture. If you go get you a fucking chair from a long enough ago and you cut it open a real poster, it's gonna fucking be some black hair in that goddamn chair. Yes, and somebody said that they fed our babies to alligators. As alligator babies. They raped black people in this country. They had breeding farms. They had bucking farms. Breeding farms was where they used to take you and make you have sex like you were animals so that you could just breed more slaves so they were like cattle and they could have more buck for the bang for their buck. So when you were old enough to have babies and when you were old enough to have children, they would make the boys sleep with all the different girls on a plantation. And if a boy couldn't produce no baby, they would say, oh, he's no good like he's an animal and castrate your penis off. The word motherfucker comes from a black man fucking 
asking his mother because in the breeding farms, they will put the bags on your head. They thought it was funny to make you have sex with your family members and then let you know, boy, you just fucked your mom. Y'all better stop fucking playing with me. Then once we got past that era and they claimed that we were free, there was motherfuckers who, who created laws and turned the plantations into prisons and then they turned around and made everything black people get illegal so they can take you back to prison because the Constitution says you can be a slave if, it, if it's for punishment of crime. So ever since the day we was free, they've been spending time sending us right back to the fucking plantation but legally. Then after that era was the fuck over, we got into the era of lynching. And all you so smart, you dumbass niggas, let me explain this to you too. Quit telling people, if and nick don't come from hanging black people, shut up. Yes, it does. Pick a nick is a word from another culture that means to get together, to gather and eat. That's what it means. But you have to understand that the way that it's spelled is one thing. The reason they spell pick a nick the way they spell it here in America because it was an off play. And this is the thing. Y'all niggas is going to say, oh, well, show me the book where that's the case. Well, how about sometimes in our culture that our people actually pass down stories from generation to generation? See, it wasn't that long ago that our people were motherfucking slaves. We actually have great-great-grandparents who are still alive who can tell you that their motherfucking family members were slaves. So start keep telling yourself that that shit is so far removed. It's not. And in this country, they took the word pick a nick because they would pick a nigga and they would hang him and lynch him and it was a fucking event in the community. Fucking fuck you. There's a whole lot behind that word nigga. You motherfuckers don't get to tell me if I call you a fucking hunky, it's the same. My mother is alive. My grandmother is alive, and my grandmother remembers strange fruit hanging from fucking trees. And if you don't know what that is, it was black bodies, because it was so common to be driving and see bodies hanging from trees, and nobody did anything about it. They will come together, and white people, white people, if the white people of the day don't want us to be a certain way or feel that we're racist, you fucking take some ownership of what your cracker-ass fucking ancestors did. And they would put a black person and they would hang you from a tree. But they would let the family gather around. You motherfuckers have seen it. There are postcards. They would sell these pictures at postcards. The family would be there. You've all seen the pictures. Little white kids in the back. Little Maybelle with her motherfucking dress on. The mama and everybody. It was an event. We're going to kill a nigga today. And they would hang them by a tree. They would cut their penises off. They would put them in their mouths. They would disembowel them. They would then set them on fire. And everybody would stand around cheering. And let's be clear when I say everybody. The white people were all standing around cheering, even their children. But we're the vicious people now, huh? I don't know. Black people might shoot up houses and do things of that nature, but I ain't seen us yet hang a nigga from a tree. I wish the sun would rise 
over a park and it'd be a motherfucking person hanging from a tree that ain't a goddamn black man. But the truth of the matter is, black people still get home today. Go Google all of the hangings that have happened. And it's funny that they always tell you they were suicide. What black person goes outside to hang themselves from a tree in a park? Shut the fuck up. They always say it's no foul play. Black people still being lynched today. You want to tell me they're racist? Well, it's crazy to me that y'all don't understand that with that word nigga and the way that black people are treated, there's a whole lot more that comes with that word. Calling somebody a hunky or calling somebody a cracker or a white boy or a white girl, that is nothing but a word. That's no more to be calling you some name on the playground. Nanny, nanny, boo boo. That's why you ugly. Ha ha, you sting. Ha ha, you got the cooties. That's all that is. That's some fucking names. Don't no weight come behind those names. Ain't no fucking history of your torture and your torment that still fucking exists today. So don't fucking tell me that when we say these words, it's the same thing and now we're racist. Ain't that some fucking bullshit? And the most devastating, trifling part of this all is that these are black people saying shit. Because you're conditioned to believe that this is how it is because you had a good career. You didn't run into racism. Let me tell you something before I get out of here tonight. I wasn't living back in the motherfucking days of dimension. I wasn't living back in the days of slavery because people like to throw that out a lot. But let me tell you, in my 44 years of living, since you think that racism is so fucking gone in this country, and everybody can be racist, that doesn't matter who you are, everybody. Let me tell you the shit I've experienced in my life. I have had Hispanics tell me, nigga, get out and write it on my barn when I lived in the town. See, this is, this is why I laugh, because we will say all the time that white people and other races don't do certain things. I want you to know that I've, I've lived my life living in suburbs and white communities and Hispanics and around so many other races of people. I haven't just been in black communities in my life. So when I tell you that I have watched this shit happen this day and age, still, it happens. If you don't live around white people, you can't tell me what white people do. I've lived in suburbs, and I will tell you that I have been the most threatened, the most unsafe, and had the most racist shit happen to me living in white communities. I was 17 years old living in a white community, and at 17, 18 years old, I was on my way home in the suburbs of Quincy, Massachusetts. I had four drunk white men try to snatch me in a car and abduct me. Never had that happen to me in a black community. Didn't even have to worry about any of those things. I have lived in a town that we were the only black people in the town. Boy, the racism came out between the Hispanics and, and, and the white people there. I had the police department in that little town burn down my house because I was the nigga that wouldn't cooperate with their investigation. Then I had the Hispanics that were with the police force, right? Nigga, get out on our barn in our backyard. This is in my motherfucking lifetime. I used to live 
in a, in a cul-de-sac in a suburb community that was full of white people and Hispanic people. And I was the only woman that lived in that cul-de-sac with my children. Everybody else had a spouse. Everybody else was a family and all of that, except for me and my children. It was just me and my kids. Do you know that every time it was snow when my kids went off to school in the morning, that I would come home, it would start snowing. The snow would fall heavy because this was Colorado. And so I would have to probably shovel the driveway before I could get out of the driveway to go get the kids. Well, in the meantime, my white neighbor that was smiling at me all the time at the mailbox, said, hi, Michelle, hi, with your fake fucking ass. Smiling, know my name. Hey, how you and the kids doing? Every time it snowed, you know what this man would do after he smiled in my face? He would shovel everybody's driveway so that all of the couples that were off at work when they came home, their driveway would be empty for them to get in their driveway. And he would always skip mine, knowing I had to get out and go get my kids. And then the two houses on the side, he would just take the snow and pile it up on the side of my shit. So I had to deal with all of that on the side of my driveway. understand how we think even today this shit don't happen. Go live in a white community. Matter of fact, don't. Because so many black people think if you make it out the hood, I'm going to go live around the white people. I have made it. They don't want your black ass there. They don't. I'm half white and they didn't want, I was too black for them. They don't want me there. They wanted me and my nigga kids to get out their fucking community. My kids were in their fucking Hispanic and white schools. They let kids write, scribble all over his Black Lives Matter notebook and put white power on there and scratch it out. Now, saying Black Lives Matter is not racist, but they wrote white power all over. Do you know that the teachers knew who the kids were and nobody reprimanded those white boys? This was in school. So, no, I don't live back in the slavery days. I didn't live back in the days of the lynching, but I do know that I have family members that were called lynchings. I do know that I've dealt with quite a bit of racism in my life to horrific stance. Have any of you ever had your house burned down? Morning, Black family. Sadat here. I got uh, Professor Black Truth's moment of truth keyed up. 10 minutes, 49 seconds. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor and this is the moment of truth. Vivek Ramaswamy, or Vivek Racist Swamy as I like to call him, this little pustule is so sniveling, so pathetic, that I don't see him as worth commenting on, and that's why I've said so little about him. A lot of you panicked about Ron DeSantis for the last couple of years, and I told you years ago this clown wasn't going to go anywhere. He's part of a nationwide trend of GOP extremists going over the top to show their anti-black racism because they've gotten their teeth kicked in by us and they're desperate to show that they can do, well, something. Even if it's not smart, at least it's something. Vivek is part of that same shameful pattern and at the same time, not exactly. You see, for many decades, people in American politics have switched teams, as it were. Now, normally this happens with the political ideologues, the advisors and consultants. Occasionally a party chairman like Michael Steele, though not often you will have a Democrat or Republican politician who holds office and switches to the other party. But no matter what they may tell you, the only reason that they ever do that is based on whether they think that it's going to help them hold on to office. If the demographics of the voting base in their particular district has shifted and they don't have the ability to switch to another district before the next election, then they'll just switch parties and claim, oh, I've seen the light. These guys are so extreme or they're so irresponsible, blah, blah, blah. 
those are the usual talking points that normally get used. Politicians are creatures of self-interest. Their only allegiance is to whatever will keep them getting their bribes and payoffs. And then came Donald Trump. Up until Barack Obama was elected president, Trump was pretty much what you would have considered a New York Democrat. He even gave money to Hillary Clinton. He was left to center on issues like gay marriage and abortion. But the one thing that Trump had in common with the Republicans was his all-consuming hatred of black people. Of course, Democrats like Hillary and Biden are no different and no better, but they've never felt the need to be as publicly vocal about it as the orange man. This is why we see Vivek doing everything he can to mimic Trump, because essentially that is what he's doing. He's an example of someone trying to get in where he thinks he fit in. This guy back in the day took money from George Soros to fund his education at Yale, but today he claims that he didn't need it, which begs the question, why did he take it? And then he admits that he hasn't voted in dang near 20 years, assuming that's even the truth, though I find it completely typical that he claimed that he voted for a libertarian back in 2004. I've noticed a large number of anti-black racists who claim to be either libertarians or said that they had been libertarians at some point in the past, including people like David Simon, creator of HBO's TV show The Wire. As I see it, libertarians are just Republicans who want to legalize pot. And now that so many states have legalized marijuana, there's really no difference between libertarians and Republicans, which explains why Ramaswamy is running to get the nomination. This hopping back and forth from one political bend to the next by people in politics isn't new. And I suppose part of the reason that Vivek thinks that he can get away with all of this political bed hopping that he's been doing is because he sees himself as flexible. And that's only because his positions on the issues have been all over the place, except where it pertains to black people. That's about the only subject that he's been consistent on, that he's in favor of whatever is going to harm or disadvantage black people. He's not running for president, at least that's not the reputation he wants. He wants a reputation to be running as the anti-black racist in chief. And like all of these anti-black racists, he claims, oh, I just want to stop focusing on race. We talk about race so much. So what's the first thing he does? He immediately starts talking about race. He claims that white supremacy doesn't exist, that the mass murder in Jacksonville last month wasn't about race but mental illness, and that he wants to get rid of Juneteenth. Now, of all the problems that the pollsters and political experts talk about that they've talked to the voters on, on what list has any voters been saying Juneteenth is the biggest issue facing America? For that matter, what poll shows that anyone anywhere thinks that affirmative action is among the top 20 of problems that America faces? Nobody does. And yet, that's what this guy's running on. Why does this creep run around spouting all this gibberish? Because these white supremacists think about race all the time. They think about black people all the time. As Lee Atwater, the infamous Republican strategist said, whenever they talk about things like taxes or some other kind of seemingly general neutral issue, they're still talking about crafting policies meant to harm black people. Those are the code words that they like to use. Or rather, the context is what determines that it's a racial code word. When they say cutting taxes, that's code for cut any governmental resources that might go to black people. Because these same racist, white supremacist businessmen on the right, they want government contracts and consultancies. They want that government money whenever they need it to prop up their businesses. You never hear them talking about taxes then. But that's because the money's going to go to them. So it's not about taxes. It's about sending the message loud and clear that Ramaswamy is the candidate of anti-black racism. He knows that there's a bottom-feeding constituency out there who wants to hear that. And he's serving up the slot to the pigs whose votes he desires. 
When you hear the black grassroots talking about how there are immigrant groups who come from cultures of anti-black racism and bring that to the U.S., Vivek Ramaswamy is what we're talking about. Now, he's not going anywhere as a presidential candidate. He's clearly auditioning for a job from whoever does actually get the nomination. We've seen this before. Bobby Jindal was an Indian-American politician from Louisiana. He was also a wannabe presidential candidate during the Bush years. Jindal did nothing to make a name for himself. He basically was a professional GOP cheerleader, and he hoped that sucking up to them would get him to the White House. Spoiler, it didn't. Vivek's trying to get a VP nomination or a cabinet position from Trump. That's what he's trying to do. He's jockeying for that particular position. There is precedent for this, by the way. Pete Buttigieg ran for president, you'll recall. He made a mediocre showing of himself. However, Biden made him transportation secretary. And Buttigieg has been doing absolutely nothing in that position. It's obvious that he's just trying not to antagonize the airlines and the car companies and the other interests whose financial donations he's going to want the next time that he makes another damn-to-fail run for the presidency. Now, this is not to say that racist Swami's not a genuine bigot. He is. The fact that he's being this blatant with his anti-black racism shows that he's perfectly willing to make this his political reputation. The reason for that is because he has plenty of experience with having a rotten rep, yet still able to turn around as if he hadn't done anything wrong and just gone about his business. You see, Vivek made his money in what amounted to a pharmaceutical pump-and-dump scheme. But this was before he decided to become the candidate of white supremacy. A professional BS artist is what he is, and he's on the campaign trail because he figures the racist rubes he wants to cater to weren't among the people that he allegedly ripped off, so he ought to be okay on that front. And for the most part, he's been right. But again, while racist Swami is never going to become president, that doesn't mean his anti-black race beating is harmless. Like DeSantis, he's contributing to the nonstop drumbeat of attacking black people. So while these racists aren't going to get any further in their political careers, they will help to push the Republicans' program of laws and policies meant to attack the black community. Oh, and on a side note to the GOP shills who pop up in the comment section saying stupid stuff like, this is why y'all need to vote for the Republicans, or other idiots who start off their comments saying, I'm black and I'm voting for Trump as if black folks cannot see right through it. Trump is offering us nothing. The GOP is offering us nothing. And why would any black person want to vote for a Republican when two of their current presidential candidates say that they want to rename military bases after Confederates? The Republican Party's decades-long track record of anti-black racism is the very thing that caused so many black people to run to the Democrats in the first place. And simply giving an empty denial and saying vote for the Republicans anyway, that's not going to work. The Republicans are no more our friends than the Democrats are. Now, whenever these guys decide to pull their heads out of the sand, or wherever else they got their heads tucked, and they decide to start talking like they got some sense and acting like they seriously want our vote, then come and talk to me. But do you trolls understand something? Black people are not going to automatically switch to the Republicans just because we call out the Democrats' benign neglect. You act just like these Democrat shills who think they can just drop some talking points about how racist the GOP is and that we'll forget all about reparations and our tangibles and Biden's reprehensible record and vote for the Democrats no matter what. Well, that ain't going to happen. And then you have the nerve to tell us that you're not racist? Sure, pull my other leg, why don't you? 
The trend that you're seeing among black voters now is the return to a proper political mindset of don't vote for someone unless they tell you specifically what black people are going to get. You're also seeing a new trend of black people actually keeping receipts on what these racists say and do. So when Ramaswamy or DeSantis or Biden calls themselves smiling in our faces, we'll be able to tell the scumbags where they can go and why. Now, if I had to call it, I would say that Vivek's gambits trying to get Trump to throw him a bone most likely won't work. Donald Trump liked some of the sucking up that Vivek did, but Trump doesn't like ambition in those around him because that means that somebody might get the gumption to try to replace him. Vivek's younger and subservient, but he's also shown that he'll do anything for money or for a vote. Black voters can't afford to be naive. The GOP doesn't have our best interest in mind any more than the Democrats. And when the people who want to gain traction in the party all run to the exact same strategy of attacking black people, that tells me the party leadership is rotten and so is their base. And that's the reason why we are not going to become part of it. Good day, and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Don D. Waddell, Charlie, Aaron Ray, Edmund Ramsey, and Marquez Bowden. Salute to them, and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you.